0: He's big and he plays football! And he'll kick the shit out of you! Who's there? Let's face it, baby. These days, you gotta have a sequel.
1: Ah!
0: It's Scream. I'm Michael. And I'm Dave. And And this this is Michael Michael and Dave. Dave Spoil Everything. Everything. Just kidding. This is the center cut. But we do have two special guests with us here today. Courtney and Joe from Courtney and Joe. Spoil Everything. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having
2: us. It's been a long time coming. I'm just honored to be here, if you will.
1: Yeah, we found our pairing on the movie side of things because we're the TV side of things.
2: Yeah. We're a similar veined podcast. What do you guys do on your show? On our show, what we do is we watch the very first episode and then the very last episode. So the finale of the whole show. And that can span, you know, two, three, 10 seasons. Uh, We basically try to guess what happens in the middle. We talk about the characters. We talk about, you know, what it was like when this show came out. And they all have to be shows that ended already and shows that we haven't seen. So we don't cheat. We really go into it blindly and we kind of just figure it out and chaos just happens.
1: We pick shows that go all the way back from, you know, we've done older shows like NYPD Blue to we did Empire that just ended a couple months ago. So we try to really get a variety in there.
0: Yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. They copied us. I agree. <laughs> but they have their thing, we have our thing, and we're all friends. So, that being said, enough enough of the grab ass here. We're doing Scream today, which is apparently a personal favorite of Courtney we had to watch it yes before we dive into all that i need to know courtney how is this your favorite movie
1: <laughs> i don't know because i'm a creep so <laughs> to tell you why this is my favorite story i have to give you a little background which is i was introduced to scary movies when i was 3 and my grandmother let me watch pet cemetery so i'm what you would call a desensitized movie so <laughs> so scream comes out december of 96 I discover it the following summer in 97, I'm about 12. My friend and I run it from the video store and, you know, we go to have some popcorn and a little sleepover and she was terrified. She was sobbing, please, mom, make her turn it off. And I wouldn't let her turn it off. And so uh, I just fell in love with it. I loved like the whodunit of it. I loved the twists. I liked all the characters. There were actors I knew at the time. And yeah, I spent a lot of money at the local video to roll biking up there every week and renting Screams, so... I really gave back to old Wes Craven.
3: (laughs) I have something in common with your friend there because I was also sobbing through the first fifteen minutes and the last fifteen minutes. It is
1: like if you put yourself in the '90s, even as like a teenager, and you're watching this thing, it's pretty terrifying in the first fifteen minutes.
2: And you're like, "Wow, the Weinstein brothers are doing great things." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or just movies in general. I th- that's exactly what everyone was thinking. Like, wow, these oh guys are God. geniuses.
1: Yeah, they're really putting it out there.
2: So they're just <laughs> putting it on the table.
1: <laughs> Kevin Williamson wrote Scream, and he also wrote my favorite TV show of all time, Dawson's Creek. And of course, as a little girl, I had no idea that those two things were related. So, must be I just like the man's writing. I guess I don't know.
0: I was an old man, and I didn't know that those things were related. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it's
0: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it, Scream. What, what exactly we doing, Dave? Yeah, so we watched
3: on our end here, me and Michael watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Scream. And we have Courtney and Joe here to ask us some questions about what happened in the middle and kind of follow us along the way.
0: Yeah, as Courtney said, Scream did come out in 96. I guess it was kind of credited with reviving the horror genre. Wes Craven directed, like she said, and he was the same guy who started the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I didn't know that. Didn't know it was the same guy. Yeah. Stars Nev Campbell, Drew Barrymore and Skeet Ulrich among others and it has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes which means it sucks.
1: Uh that must be people watching it now. Like in the 90s I'm sure it would have been 100%. No,
3: you think so? Huh?
1: 100%. <laughs> I'll get nerdy for a minute. It did like reinvent slasher films. So the horror genre had basically been abandoned in the 90s because all the slashers were so big in the 80s, Friday the 13th, Sleepaway Camp, Prom Night. You get in the 90s and they're basically dead.
2: Straight unintended. to DVD, pretty much. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Scream is so so aware of itself. You know what I mean? It's aware of other horror movie predecessors. And that's, I think, what set it apart and kind of like revived and breathed new life into Horror, basically.
2: Makes sense. Makes sense. Also, it gives uh multiple shout outs to other horror movies throughout the entire movie. Very subtle, some very obvious.
3: Yeah, I always enjoy when when movies kind of are aware of other movies. It's always like interesting to me. It's like this inception type of thing that's just like
1: Yeah, it's very it's meta. Like there's a whole category of like meta horror that scream started. It's it's the urban legend, uh the cabin in the woods. All of those are spawns of Scream, which started like the horror meta.
2: I like it. During the movie, Ghostface's favorite thing to ask is what's your favorite movie? So guys, hit me up with your favorite scary movie. I have a question first. Ghostface, is that the that's the name of the killer?
1: (sighs) Ghostface is what it became known as. In the movie, the costume is actually called Father Death, but nowadays, like when they actually started making costumes from it and the way they always refer to it, it is called Ghostface.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because it's not ever mentioned in the in the movie so good to know
2: no and actually the production they didn't own the rights to that mask they actually found it in a production house <laughs> wow. yeah
1: so they're ne- you'll never hear it called ghost face in any of the movies that they- it just became known as yeah.
0: glad i asked <laughs> so for me horror is my least favorite genre well actually no scratch that period pieces are my least favorite genre um and i'm not talking about tampons period pieces. (laughs) No. So if I wanted to like scare myself and shit my pants, I would just eat Taco Bell and do jumping jacks. I'd save like a whole hour and a half of my life. It would be the
2: same amount of money that it would be to rent that (laughs) as it would be to get Taco Bell. It may even be cheaper to get Taco Bell. Does it scare you to do jumping jacks? Like, Oh (laughs) hell, you might
0: just get food poisoning and really have some fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, you know what it is? It's like, I'm not scared while I'm watching the movie. Like I, I could watch anything in the moment. Like there could be a real life murder in front of me, and I probably would be scarred eventually. But d- during the murder, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like covering my eyes. It's afterward. Like I'm that little bitch who like has to keep all the lights on, and I'll like run down the hall to get to my room. I had a nightmare about Scooby Doo when I was thirteen. I just I can't.
2: like <laughs> <laughs> <Zoink>, Scoob. <laughs> I can't
0: scoop. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know what it is. If I had to pick though a favorite, I would say it's not even really a true horror movie. It's kind of more like a thriller. But I would say Misery. It's Stephen King, so I guess that can count as horror. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah, that fits. I bet it was on the horror movie shelf at Blockbuster. There you
3: go. That's a good way to define it. I also hate horror movies.
1: Oh, God. Who are
3: all <laughs> So of you? I just, I, like Michael, don't, don't understand the draw. Um, I just don't understand, like, wanting to be scared on purpose. That doesn't make any sense to me. But if I had to pick a scary movie as my favorite, I would say Still Alice.
1: Okay. This... <laughs> Is that the one about dementia?
3: Yeah, that's the one where Julianne Moore has Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh <my laughs> scares the shit out of me every time. I watch it every Halloween and September 21st on <laughs> National Alzheimer's Day. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. I have nightmares for weeks. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: So, is this your is this your favorite horror movie, Courtney? I mean, it's your favorite movie. movie. This is yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: favorite horror movie, favorite movie, favorite everything. I've soaked more money into Scream than any. Normal person should. I really do like horror movies. I do like being scared. Not a lot will scare me. I will say, I think probably just because I started them so young, I'm kind of used to the formulaic things. But yeah, this is definitely my favorite horror movie. When you
0: started that sentence, you you said, I I soaked. And I was like, where is she going with this this sentence? Joe, what's
2: your favorite movie? horror movie? Mine's Doctor Sleep, only because it fixed all the issues that happened with The Shining. Because Hmm. The Shining books were very different than the movie. I think the movie sucked compared to how good the books were. And Dr. Sleep, Stephen King, helped produce it. So he actually tried to go back and fix a lot of the bullshit that got messed up. All right. Until then, Jeepers Creepers. Okay. All interesting choices. But enough of that.
0: We really got to get in here. Let's just dive right into the recap, Dave.
2: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: To start this movie
3: out, we get probably the most 90s title screen we've seen in any of the movies we've done so far. You know, Scream comes up in that like typical horror movie type font and we hear a loud door slam a scream, and then a gunshot, and that really sets the tone of everything. This movie, in the first 15 minutes in particular, was like 90% Drew Barrymore talking on the phone. Drew Barrymore picks up the phone, she hangs up the phone, she picks it up and hangs it up. That's pretty much all that happens in the first 15 minutes. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about it. So the first call is someone who she thinks is just a wrong number, so she says like, Sorry, you got the wrong number. Goodbye. Calls back the second time under the guise of apologizing for calling the wrong number. And then this gentleman wants to talk a little bit. Drew Barrymore decides to make some popcorn. I'm sure just to
0: enjoy the ensuing horror that's about to take place. So whenever I see that style of popcorn in the grocery store, I think it's just a prop. Like nobody actually makes that kind of popcorn, right? Like even in
2: 1996.
1: I do because I don't own a microwave.
0: What?
2: She lived in the boonies, so... Like she might have to start a fire out back most days. I don't days the popcorn.
1: <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm more likely to cook it over a fire than a microwave. I still make it. But the popcorn is very important in this scene because it acts as a timer. So the more out of control the scene gets, you see the popcorn growing more and more and more. It's actually like a thing that...
3: Couldn't the out. timer just be all the, the phone calls and Drew Marymore freaking out? I, I understand the dry dry, suppose. So, so she starts up her Jiffy Pop, phone rings again. This time, for whatever reason, she's willing to chat with a dude for a few minutes. They talk about their favorite horror movies. She's planning on doing some, you know, VHS and chill with her boyfriend. And he asks her name over and over again. She doesn't really want to give it to him. But he says, you know, I want to know who I'm looking at. And that's the first instance where we're like, oh boy, this guy is a creepo.
1: Did that scare you? No. See, we're so desensitized now.
3: It's like some of the telemarketer calls I get on my phone. I don't. I got called by a Jehovah's Witness
2: yesterday. Yeah. They don't even want to walk around anymore. <laughs> they were like, we have a great website for you to check out if you're having a hard time. And I went and had to look it up after. So next time he calls me, I'm going to be like, I have a great website for you. It's P-O-R-N-H-U-B. <laughs> helps take the edge off every once in a while
3: so she looks around outside after this guy says you know who am i looking at and doesn't see anyone but is definitely starting to freak out the popcorn at this point is burning or starting to burn at least Our, our timer is is starting to ramp up and phone rings again He wants to talk again. At this point, you know, she's done with this weird situation, basically hangs up on him. This is where kind of it goes a little off the rails where she picks up the phone, which I don't know why she's still picking up the phone. One, was there not caller ID in 1996?
1: There was. There was, but actually nobody used it. So this movie ramped it up by, I can't remember how much percent, but um, after this, everyone started using <laughs> That
3: <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so this time when she picks up the phone, the guy loses his mind and, you know, starts screaming at her and says, you little bitch, don't hang up on me. So he's getting frustrated, threatens to, you know, look at her insides or whatever. <laughs> and she's asking if this is a joke. And he says, nope, it's more of a game. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, she's freaking out and running through the house, locking all the doors. He calls again. She threatens to call the police. He explains they would never make it on time because she's in the boonies, similar to Courtney.
1: Yeah. I don't have as many window doors as she does. If you notice, he's like, there's two main doors to the house. And really, there's like
2: you don't live in a plantation home. Yeah, it's a gorgeous (laughs) house. Uh, Yeah. her,
3: Her family definitely has money. But there were so, so many entrances.
2: And all the windows
0: are open, like, she doesn't have them covered. I, I am the complete opposite. Like, I always have all my blinds drawn and all my shades down, because if I if I can't see, then the monsters can't see me. Yeah, I've never even seen one of Michael's nipples. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very private. Neither have I. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I've seen Joe's, if it makes anyone feel better. It does. But yeah, this is like a glass house that she lives in, basically. I mean, she's on
0: display. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So-,
3: so she's sleeping in a greenhouse, and... <laughs> So next the doorbell rings at this point and she screams out who's there and then the phone rings again and it's our new friend who says, you know, never say who's there, that's basically a death wish in any scary movie ever. Yep. She threatens him with her big football boy. He tells her, "Oh, you mean Steve?" And she goes to the patio, looks outside, and her big football boyfriend is bloodied and taped to a chair on the patio. This is the guy who's going to kick the shit out of me? He wasn't very big.
0: No. He
1: wasn't very big. I did also have that situation. No, song.
2: not really. I don't know what position he played. Maybe like defensive back.
1: He played left bench. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, when movies are filmed, there's many takes that go on. And Drew Barrymore was like crying for a significant part of this first 15 minutes that you guys are watching. Wes Craven, because she's such an animal lover, kept feeding her stories about animal abuse. (laughs) So she would get so upset the whole time. Wow. it's awesome. Yeah,
3: that's really intense. Also, fun fact, you can get a varsity letter for pretty much anything. So she might have been lying. If she's lying about him being big, she might have been lying about him playing football. I have a varsity letter from bowling. So he tells her that they're going to play a game for her and Steve's life. So, she needs to answer some movie trivia. Question one, she gets right. But surprise, it was just an extra question and that didn't matter. Question two, she gets wrong. Oops, Steve's dead. <laughs>
1: Did you guys know the answer to question two?
0: Did not. No, I, I had to look it up. I didn't believe him. I was like, what are you talking about? I got, I got. to me. It, yeah. it almost feels like one of those Mandela effect things like the the Bernstein bears where you just think it's spelled the, the other way. Yeah. Jason has always been the killer. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, no. And this is Voorhees. If you, you got to go back to like the original that like Kevin Bacon was in. But yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, it's a big trick question.
3: Yeah. And he got her with it. So now Steve's dead and it's all her fault. If she just paid more attention when she was watching her movies, everything would have been fine.
1: Originally, that disemboweling scene is much more graphic. They had to remove some of that so they wouldn't get the NC-17. But I swear the first time I watched that movie, it was much more graphic. I think they like change it Hmm. for new features after that or something. That's
3: interesting. See that it also. This is part of the reason that scary movies kind of drive me crazy, especially ones. I understand there are ones where there is a supernatural element tied to it, in which I can link that to the logic in my brain to not try and make sense of what's happening. But in this one, there is no kind of supernatural element to it. It's just some dudes who like doing some killing. And she turns the light on and she gets up to look at Steve after she answers the question wrong. The lights go out for literally a second. Yep. And then the lights turn back on and Steve's guts are on the floor.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're nailing something that I've thought about for 20 years and I still never figured out. I don't know if they like put a contraption on it and like pulled him or I don't know. I've never quite figured out. That is the one killing where you're like, wow. they do that. I
2: still don't know. He sliced him
3: across his stomach. Like ran by him. Yeah, maybe they forced him to swallow a little bomb. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> exploded.
2: In there. Put a little Mentos and some Coca Cola and shoved it down his throat. <laughs> 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 That's what happens.
1: Urban legendum. <laughs> Question
3: three comes around now. She's you know losing her mind. Steve's dead. Now who's going to protect her? her big football boy is no longer around. <laughs> and he asks, "What door he's at?" And then she loses it. She sprints into the kitchen, grabs a knife. At this point, there is smoke from the popcorn and everything's kind of getting out of hand. She runs to kind of one of the 800 doors in this house and is able to kind of sneak out of it enough so he didn't realize that she was out there. And she's kind of hiding out there and,
0: you know, freaking out, trying to come up with a plan.
1: Still on the phone. She holds this, yeah, the The whole time.
0: So dumb. And why don't you call nine one one? I know that the cops are far away, but at least start the process. Like you know, they're going to need to come eventually. Start the process. If you called
3: nine one one the first time when you said I'm going to call nine one one, and then he said don't do it, that was like five minutes ago. Right.
0: Yeah, the scene's
2: exactly twelve minutes long, so
3: they definitely could have got there
0: in time. Also, why aren't you using the flaming popcorn pan as a weapon? (laughs) That is far more effective than a knife. Effective and taste. I don't think it was flaming yet. Oh, it was flaming. <laughs> Flame, was flames were there. Yes, 100%. Okay.
1: I mean, what is she going to do? Like, wield it over her head at this point? I would also just want to be, like, out of the house and, like, trying to get away.
0: Light the house yeah, on she... fire with the popcorn <laughs>
1: Throwing pan. Throwing the fucking house down. He's outside.
3: <laughs> Grab the other phone's cord from the living room, tie it around the popcorn pan, and make yourself kind of like a, a MacGyver <laughs> flail. <Yeah. laughs> think that would work <laughs> so she runs out that back doors trying to figure out what her next play is going to be she's able to kind of poke her head in and see this now that we're finally seeing for the first time this masked ghost face um, that is is wandering around the house and looking for her she sees a car coming down the street we find out later that it's her parents So at this point, I don't understand why she didn't just start running for the road. It seemed like that was kind of a straight shot, but whatever.
1: Well, that cornfield was in the way, you know.
3: Oh, yeah, all that corn. (laughs) You don't want to die in the corn. So she starts to get under the window, kind of crawl towards... The front of the house to try and meet her parents when they get home, I assume. Halfway, she decides to poke her head up to look if he's inside, which should just be not something that you do. And then as soon as she pokes her head up, he's there. Yeah. And sticks his
2: hand through the window kind of grabs her well a fun fact here when the killer smashes his head through the window in case he hits him in the face with the phone that's actually Wes craven wearing the costume and she really hit him in the face with the phone like super hard
1: <laughs> yeah
2: that's great from all the the animal abuse stories that he was telling her for yeah. the last four hours <laughs> 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 their payback. payback with the power of PETA, i wield this phone oh my God. <laughs> so
3: she grabs her they they tussle a little bit and finally he's able to kind of get her into a, a little bit of a chokehold and then stabs her slowly which was real weird for me to watch
1: yeah it was a bit it's it's a pretty grotesque scene. That was one that the board that like reviews movies and makes up the rating wanted like removed. Somehow they've let them keep it in there, but it's, it's a pretty gnarly scene. Well,
2: they went back and said, Oh, you gave us an R rating or NC 17 watch this and pretend it's a comedy. And that's how they get it lowered.
1: That's true. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Cause hmm. it is a satire. So it is technically horror comedy.
3: Interesting. So at this point, She's trying to make her way to the front of the house. She's gotten stabbed once. She's able to kind of wrangle herself away from him again, but he catches up to her again, stabs her in the neck, which was also rough. (laughs) At this point, she can't talk.
1: We've gotten her windpipe.
3: Not pleasant. She basically got to uh, to the front porch and her parents are walking into the house, but she can't yell out to them to let her know that she's there because of the neck stabbing. And... From there, the parents enter the house. They take a look around, see that the house is in shambles, so they're running around looking for their daughter as she's getting dragged out into the yard.
1: There's a good line in here too, and they say um, he tells the mother to get in the car and drive down to the Mackenzies. Do you know what movie that's referencing? No. no idea. Halloween. There was a there was a family on the block also mackenzie's
0: this guy's a wimp ass fuck though like equality shmi quality like, don't send the woman out alone
1: yeah, I, thought, I always thought that too. like what's he gonna do just look in the house more like why yeah you- like come on
0: go out together
1: yeah, you know the house is a flame like there's a broken window why yeah just i don't ever i never understood that either
0: I thought,
3: I thought it was more like he assumed she was in the house somewhere, so he was going to look for her, and he was trying to get his wife out to protect her.
0: No. Come on, Dave. Thank God I'm not your wife. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, Thank God. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so they finally, um, as she starts to make her way out into the yard, we get a, a very loud scream, and we see Drew Barrymore hanging from a tree in disemboweled. Was
1: there, yeah, with there like intestine dangled around the branch. Mm -hmm. Got to build that visual.
3: It was rough.
1: That's a long scene. It's a very iconic scene. Like I say, if you're watching this, we're we're so used to this crap now, right? But if you're watching this in 96, it is a pretty terrifying scene in the way that it builds and builds and builds. You know, we're used
3: to- I can't say I'm used to people hanging from trees by their intestines.
1: Yeah, (laughs) But even the calls, like we're used to like getting 40 calls a day on our cell phones. We're used to just like seeing who it is. Like then it's like you had no way to know who was on the other end and and how you're going to get away from them, basically.
0: I disagree. I get no calls now. I get text messages. If I get a call, I am hanging up on them. If somebody calls me, I am not answering the phone.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What are they thinking? Yeah, I guess we've kind of moved away from that, but still a lot of uh, telemarketers and scammers. <laughs>
3: How not scary would this have been if those were all text messages? <laughs> like,
1: well, they tried that in Scream, the TV show, which Joe and I did on our show because I always refused to ever watch the TV show, but and it was like it was so stupid. It was so like non-effective.
2: Yeah, they did like Snapchats and stuff, and I'm like, this is dumb.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pathetic. <Snapchat. laughs> so, you gotta have a menacing voice, like toying with you. In my they
2: opinion. actually never met the guy who did the voice on purpose, so they'd be scared of yeah. the voice.
1: And he does have a pretty gnarly voice.
3: So then there's a bolt, uh, a thunderbolt, to signify the end of this <laughs> scene. So now. We see a new girl typing at her 1993 compact computer. Yeah. Who is an absolute rocket, by the way.
1: That's the great Nev Campbell. Come on, guys. Party of five. Nobody?
3: She hears a noise. That was weird. <laughs> she, hears a, she hears a noise. No. She hears a noise and heads over to the window. Ah, it's her boyfriend. And he enters the room, but she screamed when he did because he scared her a little bit. And her dad comes to check on her. Boyfriend hides behind the bed. Father's going away on a business trip, kind of discusses that with her. And then after that, her and her boyfriend have a conversation about the fact that he doesn't think they're fucking enough.
2: When we see uh, his name's Billy climb through the window, this is a reference to almost an identical scene from what other horror movie.
0: Clarissa explains it all. (laughs) Her friend Sam. Nah, 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 nah. (laughs) Say anything.
1: (laughs) My God, I love that movie. He actually looks like the guy that climbs through the window in the other movie. So in the other movie, it's Johnny Depp, and it's...
2: Edward Scissorhands. No, Nightmare
1: on Elm Street.
2: (laughs) Hey, I just finished your garden. I want to come up and (laughs) say (laughs) that. Hello.
1: Let's do a little over the clothes.
2: Would you like me to cut your hair?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the first 15 minutes cut out.
0: Yeah, so I did, really quick, I wanted to say that her dad's denim jacket is awesome. Sounds I cool. wish I was man enough to wear a denim jacket like that.
1: You could. The 90s are back, man. Just throw it on.
0: No, I would look like, like a gay Marlboro man or like a Canadian. <laughs> it just wouldn't be good. All right, well, that was the first half or the first section, rather. Now, my section started at one hour, 28 minutes, and 54 seconds. So we start with Nev who is Sydney. She's running. She pulls a gun on young Jamie Kennedy and young Matthew Lillard, who play Randy and Stu, respectively.
1: Did you expect either one of them in that moment to be one of the killers?
0: No. I didn't.
3: The way that she was running away from them made me feel like there was one of them was. I had no idea which one,
0: but. Because
1: they were both feeling pretty shady of that scene.
0: Yeah. And her (sighs) lack of trust. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Maybe one of them, but I didn't think that both of them were because they were just pointing fingers and yelling at each other. I just, I don't know. I just didn't think it was both of them. But at any rate, uh, she goes inside the house, uh, shuts them both out. Now, Nev's boyfriend, Billy seemingly covered in blood, and he tumbles down the stairs. Now, knowing what we do know about what's going to transpire, tumbling down the stairs was a bold move. <laughs> Not as bold as getting stabbed, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but he literally fell down the stairs. Like, I fell down the stairs once, and I didn't i didn't want to move for two
2: days.
1: Yeah, he committed to that. Of course, you bounce back faster when you're a teenager, but uh, he committed to that little act.
2: You got to stay in character all the way, and he did. It's true. Yeah.
3: I fell down the stairs a few years ago and got to the bottom of the stairs, but Emily came rushing over and I was fine. But because of the shock, I fainted and it oh, like God. Emily lost her
1: mind, oh,
3: <laughs> like lost her mind. Just milk it. Be like, yeah. oh my God, I'm,
2: I could really use some chicken wings right now.
1: I'm the opposite. <laughs> I like laugh when someone gets hurt. I know that's terrible, but it's like my yeah. real reaction. Maybe because I'm scarred from movies like this. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Anyway, so Billy takes the gun from Nev, and he lets Jamie Kennedy in. He quotes Psycho and shoots Randy. There goes the Jamie Kennedy experiment.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now... It is comical how far he flies by getting shot in the shoulder.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up in the air and then back through the table. (laughs)
0: Like, perfect.
1: Those red shoes really, really took him.
0: That's the other thing. Like, it's also comical that he'd wear red shoes with that ensemble.
1: Yeah, he's a very eclectic man. He's the resident, like, horror geek, so he's just kind of, like, a little out
0: there. Fair enough. Now, turns out Billy's blood is corn syrup, and Stu shows up from who knows where, probably the back door, and he breaks out a voice changer. So turns out that Billy and Stu were the killer all along.
1: That's a big twist in that moment. Like, I think up until then, they had tried to really set up like different people individually as being the killer. And it was always pointed like, oh, it's one person. And I think when they both was revealed that both of them are now in on it because Billy's bleeding because he was fake attacked by Stu. So to kind of throw suspicion off of him. So it, it was a big twist when you see that there's two of them.
0: Definitely. I I would not have thought um, that there were two. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a question that I shouldn't be asking because I don't deserve to know yet, but are there two masks and capes or is it just one that they share?
2: <sighs> I don't know. They never, uh, they never like,
0: Oh, you never there. know. Okay. You, never, say so you never, you never see both of them at the same time.
1: You never see both of them at the same time. Okay. She throws one on later in the scene, which leads me to believe there's one core costume, I don't know. Hmm. I've never known. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Good to know. So Billy and Stu talk about framing Cotton, who apparently is a person. <laughs> yeah. And they also killed Sydney's mom because apparently she was a hoe and hooked up with Billy's dad. Yeah. This next part here, my wife was in the room for just this part of the movie and she hated Matthew Lillard, <gasps> but I think he's magnetic. Like, oh. I I know crazy, and he nails crazy. Exactly. Like Skeet is too calm. Exactly. Where plus his name Skeet.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> his real name's like Brian, but yeah, they. It's funny. There's a couple things about this because Matthew Lillard was the one who got the most critical praise for his part because he is he's so fucking crazy in that. It's almost like it's almost like Billy's so like brooding, and he's like the killer mm-hmm. clowns too. is, and it's funny because Skeet Alrich couldn't understand why matthew lillard was like so over the top and he kept like pulling like the directors i mean like i don't fucking understand this and they kept to reminding him like this is a horror mixed with comedy they they are just they're both fucking nuts but they're two completely different kinds of killers
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think it did need both of them, I guess, to to play off of each other. But i I just preferred I preferred Sue. You, you,
1: this is very Wes Craven esque to have a killer that has like both personality and passion. Like if you think about Freddy Krueger, I know you're not huge into horror, but he's very verbose. He like cracks jokes. Ghostface, he's menacing. He makes scary phone calls. He taunts people. It's so they're multidimensional. If you think about like. Michael Myers from Halloween or Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. They're silent killers. They're masks. They're walking around stalking people and they kill them. Like here, it's like they're still real people. So that's why they do just have these personalities.
0: I don't want to think about any of them. <laughs> Agreed. I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> just,
1: have so. nightmares tonight.
0: We should have recorded this at 6 a.m. <laughs>
3: So I had some time throughout the day to kind of settle back into normalcy before bed. Yeah.
0: So Stu brings Sydney's tied up dad out and he shoves the voice changer and a phone into her dad's coat. Now, Billy and Stu are setting up a frame job, which involves them stabbing each other relentlessly. <laughs> Can can one of you explain this to me?
1: Yes. Uh, do you know what a red herring is? Yes. So who do you think the red herring is that they make it for the whole movie? Her
0: dad, Her dad, for sure. So
1: he's the easiest one to frame. So basically back then, they got what we would call a burner phone now. It was really like they cloned as. His- Cellular phone, they have to make it look like they're left for dead. Because if those who are just prancing around the party and everyone else has been like butchered, they're going to know that something's wrong. So basically, their plan is to kill the dad, peel the duct tape off his face, and stab each other so that they're bleeding out when the cops arrive. And can just be like, oh, my God, like, they thought we were dead. So, you know, here's really what happened. And we had nothing to do with it. It was all him.
0: But did they have to stab each other so many times?
1: <laughs> and do you notice that Billy stabs Stu, like, so many yeah. more times than he got stabbed?
2: Yeah. Many <laughs> also, times. Also, you should stab yourself last after you did everything. Yeah. Like
1: kill them all. <laughs> and then maybe you yes. do that. I'm getting woozy here, man. <laughs>
2: My favorite funny part happens right here is when they're on the phone and Billy hits Stu with the phone and, like, lets go of it. In the movie, he actually hits him in anger, like, unintentionally. And that's Matthew Lillard's, like, actual reaction. He goes, you hit me with the phone, dick. <laughs> He's, like, spitting. That, that like, that's it, just actually what happened on the set. Pretty great. I also
3: enjoyed that part because Matthew Lillard was like going back and forth between looking like he's dying and then he'd pick up the phone and just like be talking like normal. Yeah. And then when the phone got taken away from him, he looks like he's dying again. And then he gets handed the phone again and he's like talking like normal. Like,
1: yeah. Was it, ridiculous. It's very like that the final scene, like the party at Stu's house and all like the mayhem that takes place is actually 42 minutes long. So you're seeing the last 15 minutes of like an entire build-up to this thing. It took 21 nights to shoot that final scene the casting oh, crew wow. call it the longest night in horror history so like it's ve- i'm sure <laughs> they're all like pieces together of all those nights. yeah
2: and then when they're talking to sydney and they go we're gonna play a game and if you get it wrong you die and if you get it right you die and all of a sudden you'll see that Stu just bumps right into the camera and they just leave it in <laughs> <laughs> oh, i miss that Damn. Yeah.
1: they couldn't afford to bring into the 22nd night into you this were show. like you
2: want to know what we're fucking done with this just leave it in <laughs> <at least." laughs>
0: So, Stu does set up a sequel, which there are more of, and Billy gives Stu orders to get the gun, but the gun's missing, and right on cue, Courtney Cox shows up with the gun. She doesn't turn the safety off,
2: so Billy literally kicks her to the curb like a sack of shit.
1: Yeah. Kicked her in the stomach. Yeah, like,
2: absolute yeah. Tom Tupa punt outside. Yeah. <laughs> So
3: this also drives me crazy that everyone has to always give a big spiel before they kill the bad guy. She needs to give this little like monologue before she even tried to shoot him. It's like, what are you doing? This dude just like murdered everyone in the house and you're just going to like chat with him.
1: Well, she's a reporter, so she's like super verbose. You know, she's got to explain everything going on.
3: (laughs) Give me a break. Just do it like I hit the dressy nuts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So Billy is about ready to end Courtney's news report and Sydney's gone. On. Sydney's called the cops and is now wasting time by playing with the voice changer and mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, she had time to throw me suit up. She Just it- leave.
2: Yeah, she's like, here's an idea. Escape or put on this and hide in the closet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stu is too stabbed to help and he hangs out next to a can of Minute Made soda. <laughs> That looked good. It did.
3: I that. I was like, "Oh, that's nineties minute made
0: man."
1: He's bleeding all over that farmhouse. That farmhouse will never be the same.
0: That is Mm -hmm. true. And Billy starts tearing the house up to find Sid. He's covered in feathers. (laughs) Destroys them.
2: Fucking couch. (laughs) She's she's in this couch. She's definitely in (laughs) here.
0: I know it. He makes the mistake to stop and catch a glimpse of Halloween on the TV before Sid, fully costumed, stabs him with the end of an umbrella. He drops the gun and knife, and she stabs him a second time. She takes off the mask, grabs the gun, and takes a second to admire her handiwork. Rookie mistake.
3: Also throwing the gun away, idiot. Yeah, I'm not. You. You would have to pry that gun out of my cold dead <laughs> hand at that point.
1: After like half the school has been maimed and like yeah, yeah,
3: I'm not gonna throw that to the side. That thing's going in my pocket or staying in my hand. Period. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Stu jumps on her they tumble over the couch. She bites his hand, Mm -hmm. hits him with a vase. Then to seal the deal, she drops a large 90s TV on his face. Now, a couple things here. So A, it would not have sparked like that. Like That's absolutely ridiculous. B, Home Alone 2 had the better electrocution scene with Marv. And C, this would not work today. Like, I've taken shits that are heavier than my TV.
1: <laughs> yeah. Joe and I actually talked about this when we did uh, Scream the TV show. We're like, could you imagine just, like, dropping the flat screen out? Just, like, bounce off your- here.
2: <laughs> my, my face would go through it.
1: <laughs> they were setting up a thing where Stu could potentially live because the original story of Scream 3 was that he was supposed to be running, like, this team of, like, teenage killers, like, from prison and but then columbine happened so they changed the entire scream 3 is completely different from that he's not even in it but they kind of made it like he could have survived type thing
3: he's like a team killer pimp or something basically yeah like like a cult leader type
1: thing you know
2: that makes me hate it even more no god (laughs) well that scene actually those lines are improvised i actually like when he's like i've always had a thing for you sid
1: (laughs) they're actually lovers too at this point of Campbell and matthew lillard (laughs) I think they were boyfriend girlfriend at this point cuz they dated for 3 like oh. years.
0: Oh, in real life you mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. So, Sydney goes to check on Billy, who is obviously still alive. Randy shows up, Billy punches him in the nose and then starts strangling Sydney. He's about to stab her when Courtney Cox shows up. Again, this time the safety is off. She shoots him. Moments later, he's alive again <laughs> and <laughs> Nev finally closes the loop by blowing a hole in his head. Now, we get one last jump as Sydney's dad pops out, and Courtney Cox, jacked up as she is, steps outside and gives a report of the crazy night.
1: The grossest part of that is when Sid like, puts her finger in Billy's, like, dab hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's nasty. It still turns my stomach to this day, and I've seen this hundreds of times.
3: <laughs> that's what the camera did into the gunshot in Adam Sandler's face. In <laughs> <laughs> Uncut jams.
0: In yep. his butthole in the beginning. <laughs> And the butthole. <laughs> but before it ends, it does fade to black. And we get one last split second shot of the mask and then the credits.
1: Did you, did you think the ending was scary? Like, okay, you watched the two, what I would call the two scariest parts of this movie. Like, did you think that they were scary? Did you think one was scarier than the other?
0: <sighs> scary? I don't know. The I guess the beginning part would have been scarier. Because all that really happened at the end that would have been scary was just some stabbing and shooting, but yeah. there weren't really, like, any intestines or weird shit like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I guess it would be – kind of depend on what you define as, like, scary – like being scared for your life, or just being like jump scare scared. Yeah, depends like
1: intensity.
3: Yeah, like in in that case, I would I would the first the first fifteen for sure for me would be way more scary than the last fifteen that we watched. You know, one of those home alone and you're in the dark and weird stuff starts happening type
0: of instances. It's just like it
1: makes you feel like you're that person. Yeah.
0: Now, as promised, Courtney and Joe have some more questions for us here to kind of help us flesh out what the hell happened in the middle.
2: Okay, so. One of my questions is, how many people do you think are killed in the movie? I did
3: some math here. In the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes, saw four people die. Lie. Not lie. Okay, you're right. Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Four. Yeah. This is exactly how our math segments usually do. <laughs> So <laughs> we saw four people die, two of
0: which were the bad guys at the Hold end. Hold on. We don't know that because Courtney already said Stu isn't necessarily dead. I'm assuming Sue, Stu died. Need do we count Stu dies? as a death?
1: He never comes back
0: okay all right yeah, Stu's dead. He's dead
3: okay so that means that two normal people not the bad guys died in 30 minutes that we watched the movie is 104 minutes long so that means two people are dying every 30 minutes so <laughs> that would be you know 6.92 regular folk that died plus the two bad guys so my guess is eight
0: point nine 6.9 nice the answer is 11 so the four that we see there are one, two, three, three other people I know die based on your questions, and then just four other random people.
2: All <laughs> right, so David is closer.
0: It's actually seven.
1: Damn it. Yes.
0: Boom. So we, I know all seven then.
1: You probably do. So you have Casey and Steve in the beginning. At the end, you have Billy and Stu. that's your four. Mm-hmm. And you have Tatum.
0: Yep, the mom.
1: Best friend Rose McGowan. The mom you never see die.
0: Oh, you're not counting that, but she dies in the, But she dies though. No, she died before. a year ago.
1: Yeah, she dies a year prior. Um, <sighs> so you got Rose McGowan dies, you got the Fonz dies, uh, Courtney Cox's cameraman.
0: Okay, so those are the seven. All right, well, round one goes to Dave. Although, no, Dave doesn't get any points because he wasn't right either. So it's zero to zero.
3: Zero. I was closer but bullshit fine Make rolls
0: <laughs> as we go whatever
1: So ta- so we just mentioned Tatum Sydney's best friend she's played by Rose McGowan, a blonde Rose McGowan. How do you guys think that she dies?
0: I'm thinking it was a 90s weapon so like either like she was strangled with a telephone cord or she got her head bashed in with a beeper or <laughs> the killer starved her to death like she was a tabpaagotchi. <laughs> Good guesses.
3: So I think that Cole came back to life and killed her and Phoebe was very upset
1: about it. He's referencing Charm, just in case you guys don't know. Yeah,
3: nope. Michael doesn't ever get my references. Blank. Um, no, my real answer is it is while she was having sex.
1: Oh, that would be so good because that's so apropos of like an eighty slasher. But no, she is in the garage getting some beers for the party. And he comes in and she tries to escape through the pet door in the garage. And he opens the garage door and up she goes. And she basically gets smushed at the top of the garage.
2: Ooh. Now, Ooh. what she said is there's a doggy door on the garage door. Which doesn't nobody yeah. has that. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, for the cat to get in.
2: But it basically just goes up and up and up and up and up and up and then it just goes she just goes, ugh and That's it.
1: They had him (laughs) on. He was so like tiny that she kept falling through the door. So they like stapled her shirt to like the garage door, so that when she went up, they could like successfully do. Also, there's
2: one thing that bothers me during this movie is you guys didn't see it, but the guy who plays Scream when he he's in full outfit when he's like playing Ghostface, whichever one it is, they always get their ass kicked like in a battle. Well, I guess you guys saw it in the beginning. Yeah, when he's like going to stab her, and she like he just gets punted across the room. Mm-hmm. So fucking annoying.
3: They're like the James Bond of killers. They always have to get beat up for a while
2: before they actually kill somebody. But in that in the fight with this little girl, she opens up the freezer door and he gets taken out for like a, a solid minute and a half.
1: But that's because they're like, if you think about Michael Myers, they're like indestructible because they're not fucking real. That's like magic, right? Like these are teenagers. They're gonna get like a little hurt. And Matthew Lillard's like a hundred pounds soaking wet. Like, what do you expect from him? All right. Let's talk about more kills. I showed you guys some like clips of movie scenes. So
2: um,
1: there aren't specific answers to these. Like they're more of like what I deduced over time. And so we can kind of give like our best guesses of them. But which of the two killers do you think killed Casey? Drew Barrymore in the
0: beginning? I think they were both there. So when the voice asked her which door that they were at. I think that was a trick question. I think one of them was at each door. Now, in terms of who killed her, I think it was Stu because he was kind of goofy and sloppy. And like, like Joe said, he got punched across the room or like kicked across the lawn. I think Billy was the one on the phone because it was too sophisticated to be Stu talking.
3: So I agree and disagree with you. I definitely think that Billy was on the phone because when he kind of tests his voice in the last 15 minutes, the The sound of his voice going through the voice um, modulator sounds very similar to the voice in the beginning. I think Billy also did the killing of Casey. Okay.
1: I've often thought that maybe it was both of them, but I do think it's Billy because there's a next scene when they go to school. They're all kind of sitting around the water fountain, like talking about that their classmates had died. And Tatum basically says, well, Stu was with me last night. And Randy says, was that before or after he sliced and diced? So he was really the one that kind of had an alibi, whereas Billy didn't as much. He just kind of like, snuck into uh sydney's room after the fact so i think if it is one killer it would be billy billy goes to jail when the later sydney's attacked cell phone falls out of his pocket they think it's him they put him to jail for the night she gets a scary call so who do you think Called while he was
0: in jail? I think it's a trick question. I think it's Billy. Uh, he worked out some deal with the guard where he got to use the phone. He gave the guard some of his <laughs> skeet skeet. So
3: it does feel like a trick question, but I would have a hard time believing that not only could he call him from jail, but he would also have his voice modulator so that she knew it wasn't him, <laughs> uh-huh. which is crazy. So it's got to be Stu.
1: Yes. I also think it's Stu because. They do make a comment one day when she asks him, who was your one phone call? And he said, well, I called my dad. And she said, well, the sheriff called your dad. So they try to allude that he called. But I think that's the piece that they don't have like the voice changer with them. So I also think it's...
0: Dave, you're hearing this, right? She says she thinks that it's these answers. So I still could be right. If
3: there is anyone who
0: knows the answers to this, it's Courtney.
3: Yeah.
2: So I'm taking them as gospel. I love when they say a title of a movie in the movie. Who do you think says... The title of the movie. It's and it's literally right before you guys started watching.
0: I disagree. I'm going to fight you on this. The answer is Drew Barrymore. She screams in the first no. part. She utters the title by oh, screaming shit. it. I knew you were. I knew you semantics. Were do that. Semantics, bruh. <laughs> semantics. Point.
3: Nope. Point. That is not uttering the title of the movie. That is yes,
0: it is doing the the scream, and title screaming. She screamed the
3: performing the title it's of the it.
0: movie and uttering. Do you know it. what the word utter
2: means? No.
3: Yeah, no. Bullshit! It's definitely Courtney Cox. It's actually Stu.
0: No, it's we just talked about this. It's Drew Barrymore.
1: You just be like ah, like I would be like ahh.
3: He
2: goes, "It's gonna be a scream night, baby," or something like that, right? Courtney, disagree. Hard disagree. Yep. Did you guys ever see the cover of the movie, like on a VHS DVD poster or anything like that? Have you guys seen it online? Yeah, I saw. Based off of that, did you think Drew Barrymore was gonna have a bigger role in the movie? So it. It does kind of lend
3: itself, and I feel like scary movies do this all the time. There's like someone in the first like five minutes that ends up being like the big star, and then they're dead like immediately. And they're not like in it, <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of almost expect it, even though. But yeah, judging by by the cover, I felt like she was going to be in it a lot longer than you know twelve minutes.
0: I got to be honest, I didn't recognize her as Drew Barrymore, so. I'm Dave can attest to this. I'm really horrible with actors. The only thing I knew or even still know about Drew Barrymore is that she was married to Tom Green for like a year. That's it. That's my, that's the limit of my Drew Barrymore knowledge. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, because apparently your favorite movie is Freddy Got Fingered. It is your only connection to Drew Barrymore. <laughs> oh my god. god, you're the worst. Yeah, That's all I know. The worst. I also want to draw your attention to one other thing. When you look at the poster, Skeet Ulrich has a mustache and a goatee. He looks like a goddamn fucking pirate on it. <laughs> but it, during the whole movie, he's completely clean shaven. Must have
1: fit, like photographed that at a different time. I know that you said like you'll see like big characters die or big big name actors like die. I think this was one of the first that did it. Drew Barrymore was actually supposed to be Sydney and she really wanted to be Casey because she thought that if she was the biggest name at the time and she dies in the beginning, like it showed the audience anything could happen basically in this movie. According to Randy, the movie's resident film geek, what do you think are the three rules for surviving a horror movie?
0: All right. Number one, don't be black, Hispanic, gay, or any other ethnicity or sexual orientation for that matter. It's true. I'm not making the rules. That is one of the rules. Now, number two, abstinence. So, if you pull your genitals out, you will get stabbed. That is a hard and fast rule. Number three, pretend you're in the heat of COVID. Don't leave your house for any reason whatsoever. And just wear a mask. A killer in a mask (laughs) sees another person in a mask. They will not kill that person. Real respect, real, homie. They'll just Spider-Man meme each other. Yeah, that's it. You'll survive. You follow those three things, you will survive.
3: So I am also confident about being a virgin because at (laughs) the end, Randy says, thank God I'm a virgin. And I feel like that's him referencing the fact that he said that that was one of the things, uh, one of his rules. The other two, don't freak out and don't let go of a gun.
1: (laughs) Okay. Those are all good. So the number one is you can never have sex. The other one is you can never drink or do drugs. And the third one is you can never say, I'll be right back. So that's why in the last 15 minutes when Stu goes to get the dad, he's like, I'll be right back. Like he's messing around because mm. you won't be back. So the last one, we talked a lot about how this is like very meta self-referential references other movies. So not counting music, celebrities, art, which also references all those things. In a rough estimate, how many movies do you guys think this references?
3: I just guessed a random number and it's 30.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so it's at least four. So I'd say 11 because in our part, we actually, no, we saw five in our part. So 12, 12 is my answer.
1: It references 26 movies (laughs) of the 26. There's most of them are horror movies. You have the Friday, the 13th franchise, Halloween, nightmare on Elm street, prom night, the howling basic instinct, which I kind of counted as like a horror thriller. The town that dreaded sundown, hellraiser, terror train. I spit on your grave. The Exorcist, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Silence of the Lambs, Are You in the House Alone, Psycho, and Carrie, and then it also references like things like ET and other things, but those are just the. Uh,
3: How many naked gun references are there?
1: <laughs> None. Oh man. <laughs> yes, it does. It it references other things like the mask itself is was kind of created after Edward Munch's The Scream. That painting it references a lot of celebrities, different music.
3: So what you're saying is I won basically. I think it is. <laughs> Overall,
0: and Michael's gonna have you to deal. You were
1: with the it. closest. You guessed thirty. You got the you got the couple about who killed and what part.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna edit those parts out. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna dub it.
3: Pull, yeah. pull pull words I say in other other podcasts that I have nothing to do with anything.
1: <laughs> Why are you?
0: What <laughs> do you think the killer is? Adam Sandler. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, that was super helpful. I still don't think I know anything about the middle, but at least we had fun doing it. Aside from obviously people going and checking out your podcast, do you guys have anything else you want to pitch? Anything else you want to say before we no, close uh, this shit up? Thank
1: you guys so much for having us on. We can't wait to have you on our show, too. Yeah, just check us out on Instagram at Spoil Everything Pod. We have a website that nobody ever goes on. It's we spoil com, which I worked really hard on. So just visit the site.
3: I want a website so bad, Michael won't let me spend the money
2: on it. Yeah, we bought the domain people. Seriously. <laughs> I'm gonna go to it.
0: Thank you. <laughs> and everyone listening should go to it as well.
2: And also people stop sending me like robot DMs all the time on the spoil everything. If I like one of your pictures or something, don't do it. I know I'm not gonna sponsor your creatine thing. Are you using our
3: podcast to get up on your soapbox, sir? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much again. This was a total blast. Obviously, this is I'm obsessed with this. So
2: great to be on and thanks again for having us. Thanks for coming. And real quick,
0: before you guys go, Dave, I thought you were gonna have an argument with Joe about
2: psych. Psych is great. Dude, we were doing the challenge and psych could have been every single one from you. Yeah, You're like Psych is amazing. Oh, do you know Psych's coming back? Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't know a single person that, that's watched Psych in my entire life. You want to know what? It- I'm going to do a Billy on the street, and I'm just going to run around the people and be like, hey, have you seen Psych? And they're just going to be like, no. <laughs> And I'm just going to keep doing it until like, I find another person. I'm going to set you two up. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> nope. I don't care. <laughs> me and my wife bond over it, and it's a great
3: show. I don't care if I'm the only other person watching it. Apparently, my me and my wife's viewership has is, is given them enough income to uh, shoot us. Oh, apparently, movie. they're like, I don't know,
0: but there's this person in New Hampshire that's really fucking
2: lit yeah.
3: up. <laughs> I send them 50% of my paycheck
0: each week. <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. Well... Thanks again, guys. Uh, Look forward to being on your show. Mm -hmm. And as usual, Dave, we need to know what we're doing next episode. Next
3: episode, we are doing season two of Umbrella Academy. But there's a twist. We are going to watch the entire
0: first season. That's a lot of TV. It is. We did it all for you. Now, here's the catch. This is the time that you may want to start following us on Instagram if you're not already. Because we may do an Instagram live video where we actually kind of do a little recap of season one of Umbrella Academy. You don't want to miss that. We're also in the midst of doing a movie challenge that we created. So I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. Do it now. Do it now. As usual, if you need to email us, hit us up at the centercutcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're also on Facebook by that name. Yep. And YouTube. Hit us up everywhere, and if you haven't already, please go check out the Whack Brackets podcast. We were on an episode. A lot of fun. And in a few episodes, we're going to have Mike on from Whack
3: Brackets to Center Cut Eyes, a show with us.
0: That is true. So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you really can, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash cut. Give us a rating if you have a moment. And please, if you can, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And thanks again, Courtney and Joe, for coming on and helping us with Scream.
3: Yeah, it's a great time. Like the murder in between the... First murder and the other murders. It's always better in the center. I hate scary
2: movies.